You're listening to the Tour Station Western League podcast with Ian Knockholz and Tom Hiscott. Welcome, listeners, to episode 34 of the Tool Station Western League podcast with me, Ian Knockholds, and I'm delighted to welcome onto the line. It is Tom Hiscott, the editor of the Tool Station Western League Bulletin. Hello, Tom. How are you? Yeah, I'm all right. Pleasure to join you again. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. I enjoyed a very sunny afternoon at Bishop Sutton on uh, on Saturday. It is really nice to see the... Uh, the weather in, um, you know, I was going to call it the British summer then, but that's probably getting a little bit ahead of myself. But it was an absolutely glorious day, wasn't it? We're very close to the time when the clocks are going to change, of course, and um, hopefully we're um, we're well away from um, disruption. Although that's probably that's probably a touch of the commentator's curse. I think the last time you said that we had a week of postponement, so I'm not going to. I won't comment. No, I should. I'll take that back. I might have to edit that out. No, I don't. <laughs> right then, um, on this week's episode of the Westernly Podcast, we speak to the um, Clevedon Town manager, uh, Alex White. And also we hear from Craig Morford, of course. Uh, he's from Cheddar. And um, uh, it's always great to get Craig on the uh, on the Westernly Podcast. We've got the fixtures coming up this weekend and we've got the league tables as well. Um, but we're going to kick things off, Tom, uh, with the fixtures on... Um, Saturday the 19th of March and in the Premier Division we start at Bitten. We do, yeah. There was a well, big away win there for, for Clevedon. 4-1. Um, they're in really strong form at the moment and uh, yeah, that continued on the weekend. Um, apart from, I think I'd worked it out, that apart from penalty shootouts where they've been knocked out in a couple of competitions, uh, they're pretty much unbeaten since early December. So yeah, they're going great guns at the moment. Uh, Alex Cam putting them, putting them ahead after six minutes with a penalty itself. So obviously he's actually Quite a good penalty taker of recent times, but um, yeah. Uh, then David Duro smashed home uh, an equaliser for the home side just prior to half time. Uh, but then after the break, it was yeah, it was all Clevedon. Uh, Freddie King uh, going past a couple of defenders before making it 2-1. Uh, and then yeah, in the, in the final couple of minutes, uh, Archie Ferris and Ethan Felton uh, added further goals to, to round out the impressive win for, for Clevedon. So that was a 4-1 win for them. Well, um, I thought that was a great opportunity to get Alex White back on the uh, on the podcast, and um, obviously a comprehensive win away at Bitten. Uh, but I I started off by asking Alex whether that result was as comfortable as the scoreline suggests. I think it was, to be honest, Ian. It was um, it was late in the game that we came on strong, really, and our legs sort of take took over. Um, but all through the game, I felt relatively comfortable. And that's, that's no disrespect to Bitter, and that's more to the fact that we've been playing well recently, um, in good form. Um, and we, there's sort of been a bit of a coming coming of age for our, our lads, really. And it's, yeah, it was a, a game of we were pretty ruthless in front of goal, which we haven't been recently. So that was rather pleasing. Um, and... Yeah, it was, it was one of those uh, that the more the longer the game went on, we, we grew into it a lot more. And and I think everyone there would probably agree it was a fair result on the day. Because you've been on a very good run of results. Um, you've not been beaten this year. So are you a little bit disappointed to see your league position as only ninth in the table at the moment? It's a funny one, really, because um, we had a lot of catching up to do. We didn't have a good start at all. And we knew... Um, that if we wanted to kick up the league, it was going to be a, a mammoth effort. And the, the form is outstanding. It, it, it's quite incredible, really, as um, the unbeaten run and uh, the lack of defeats, if, if you like, that we've had. But in, in and amongst that run, we've probably drawn 
probably a few too many games and we yeah we, we should have won maybe a couple more but it kind of shows how far we've come as we've made ourselves a, a pretty difficult side to beat uh, and on our day we know we can we can beat anyone and the league is so tight um, at the moment that even putting a mini run together it shows how quality or the standards of the league and how much quality there is in it but despite the good form you're not really jumping that many places because sort of everyone's beating each other and it's difficult but we, we want to take it the distance we knew we had a lot of catching up to do but we've got six big games left now and if we can end the season on good form then then we know we can finish higher because we've done the hard bit by catching up now so we've got to uh, remain in amongst the pack if you like well, I'm going to talk to you about those six games coming up in a minute. Um, but, I mean, let's look back at the you know the people that you've beaten recently, the likes of Bitten, Helston, Bridgewater, Ilfracombe, and, of course, you drew uh, with Mausel as well. Um, so, I mean, I, from where I'm sitting, it's very difficult to find fault with your results. I mean, ha- what do you make of your performances? I mean, you obviously see the team week in, week out. Are they giving you what you want? Yeah, it's taken time to, to kind of get to where I want them to do and it's still very much work in progress but what we've done is we've created a real identity now and that's um, starting to, to come out in, in the way we want to play we're, we're consistent and, and that's probably where we weren't at the start of the season we're, we're consistent in our play we um, in terms of we've, we've got a solid group which is again with sort of earning the the right to play um, and it's a much smaller squad to choose from and with that you get continuity and we have a style which is unsettling if you like it's, it's difficult for teams to play against us with, with quite high energy and high tempo and we, we like to be on the front foot and attack and we're good when there's space uh, on the pitch so it's it's not a surprise to me that we can compete with the teams around us and at first maybe we were um probably not taken notice of as such and we surprised a few teams but now I've noticed recently there's been a real change in opposition uh, strategies and approaches to our games because they're, they're weary of us and they were doing things and the, re- the return games that they weren't doing in the first so whilst it's nice to go under the radar there's only so long you can go under it but I'm not surprised at all because I know we're a really really good good group good good squad and we've got some cracking players and it's just all it was about was finding that consistency for this young group, which we're starting to find now, which is um, great, great signs for the remainder of the season. And hopefully we can retain the group and have a positive year next year as well. Well, you've dropped an important clue in that last answer because you talk about your young group. And, mm-hmm. I, you know, I've been very interested in recent weeks on the podcast to talk to managers who've talked about the importance of nurturing a young group of players and, and, and dealing with the fact that, you know, sometimes they won't be consistent. That's one of the sort of, the, you know, the, the challenges mm-hmm. of dealing with youth. But I think what we've looked at in, your, in terms of your results, since the, particularly since the turn of the year, is that actually you have been consistently difficult to beat. So you, you, you almost, you're, you're turning that on its head, aren't you? You've managed to come up with a, you know, the best of both worlds, this, this very young Clevedon side that's actually doing great things. In a nutshell, yes, yeah, you, you've nailed it there. It's, it's hard as well, and it, it, it's difficult. And to create that consistency, you need to create an environment for the players where not, it's a learning environment they're comfortable in. But when, when they do make those mistakes and you have those inconsistencies, that they learn from it so that they know when they're in the same position next time how to 
um, how to combat it and how to, to progress. And uh, you look, look, look at things like with a young group as to how to see games out, for example, when you're winning and manage the game, or even when you go behind as to how to react and not let the opposition slow the tempo down and not let them manage the referee and all those sorts of things. So we want to. that's what we try to do is create a, more of a learning environment, not, not a stick to beat the players with. If we get beat, it's, you know, OK, how do we learn from this? And we, we had a lot of that at the start of the year, and it, that's encouraging to know is that we've taken some negative experiences, if you like, more, more so at the start, and now it's starting to flip it on its head and, and it breeds confidence. And when you're winning um, or, or not getting beat and confidence is high, it becomes more natural to the players and they're, they're always learning, don't get me wrong, but the consistency is the hardest thing and we've hit form at a good time as well. It's it just maybe it's a bit of a shame we're looking like we're running out of games otherwise another six or so and we could have had a really, really strong end, but it's, it, it bodes well for the future, it really does. Yeah, it, very interesting to see how you might have ended up this season with a few more games to play because things are getting very interesting above you. I mean, I appreciate your first priority is Clevedon Town, of course it is, but I mean, mm-hmm. you've played the likes of Mausel. You know, obviously this weekend you played Bitten. You've, you know, you've come up yeah. against Helston. Uh, what have you made of those sides that you've, uh, that, you know, that you've played that are, are fighting it out for the promotion places? Do you think it's as unpredictable as, as the rest of us, or have you got an inkling about which way it might go? It's, it's, it's tight, isn't it? It's, it's, it's a great watch. <laughs> to watch from it from afar, it's, it's brilliant. And I think it's ever-changing. Um, I would have said a few months ago, I thought Tavistock, I'll be honest, were, na- were nailed on to win it. I thought they had the ruthlessness and structure and the consistency to go and win it. And then Mausol, who, again, I tipped, even from when we played them back in November, although we, they were way behind, I still tipped them to, be, to push them close. And they've had an unbelievable run, really. And they're coming on strong the end of the season and then Exmouth have always been there or thereabouts and I think it changes week on week a couple of weeks ago you said Mausel were absolutely nailed on um, with the form they're in and then Exmouth go and beat them and then Exmouth drop points and that's going to happen between now and the end of the season I think it's it's, it's going to be um, twists and turns and a bit of a roller coaster and it's who in terms of those top three who deals with the pressure the best I think um, if, from my point of view I, I think Malzol are probably the best footballing side and I don't think anybody can disagree with that and they've been a, a breath of fresh air to the league really and they, they've they come on really really strong but you know with the young group it's if they can um, if they can not let the pressure get to them as such and they just can continue what they're doing would probably be my favourites for it but um, you never know it changes week on week so it's exciting to uh to watch from afar and also have an impact in it on as well. I mean, everyone can have an impact on how it ends. So it's about um, the consistency of those three teams. And it's very, very exciting to see who, uh, who ends up winning it. Well, I think you probably will have an impact on how it ends, but we'll come to that in a minute because on Saturday, you've got Buckland at home. Now, I'm not sure whether this is a very good time to play Buckland or a very bad time to play Buckland. (laughs) We've obviously heard this week that the the news is from the club that Paul Froud has left. Uh, Results haven't been going the way that that team wanted, but we shouldn't forget the extraordinary run they had Mm. in the FA Vars. So this isn't a game that you can take lightly, is it? No, um, it isn't at all. I, I, I was obviously looking through Twitter and stuff and saw the news uh, yesterday, and it's never nice to see a fellow manager um, leave his position. And, and Paul's done fantastic at, at Buckland um, for the last few seasons. And I think 
Uh, being honest, they'll be disappointed with where they are. Um, I think they injected a lot of um, energy into that cup run uh, and maybe took, not, not took their eye off the league as such, but I think they had so much focus on that Vars run because uh, we, we played them in and amongst it in the first game and uh, they, they rested a few or had a few missing or because they had the Vars coming up. So, And I think uh, that was their primary focus at the time. And when when you get knocked out of a competition like that, it's it, it's quite hard to pick yourselves up and, and get yourselves back into the league, especially if you're not at the top or at the bottom. It it can feel a bit of a, a couple of dead games in here and in amongst it. But um, everyone knows, everyone in football knows that once you have um, a change of manager, whether it's a man, I don't know whether they'll appoint somebody by then, but when you have a manager leaving it, there's usually a, a knock-on effect, both either in a negative or a positive way. Um, I, from what I understand, Paul was very well respected from within the club and the, the players really did enjoy him and it might galvanise them to potentially pull together to try and um, get a result for him. And I, I'm not expecting an easy game at all. Um, I take nothing for granted. So despite the form, um, we, we've got to be at our best. And I know if we do that, we'll, we'll give ourselves the best opportunity of getting a positive result. But um, I'm sure we'll find out Saturday at five o'clock whether it was a good or bad time to play them. Well, then it's Tavistock away, and mm. they are, of course, involved in one hell of a title race, as we've already talked about. So if you mm. get anything from that game, and I mean, I think anything includes goal difference, that could have a crucial mm. role in the uh, in the outcome of um, this season's Premier Division title. It could do. Um, it, it might do. As I said, it changes week in, week out, doesn't it? And it's, it's a good game for us because it's a bit of a free mm. hit, really. Um, we, we will go down there. It's... It's on a Tuesday night, and so that's not ideal at all. So we'll have to try and um, get a squad together to get the boys off work and get down there. That will no doubt have an impact on the squad that we can take down with it being a midweek game. But we're, we're, we're pretty fearless, to be honest, and, and that's whoever we play at the moment. And we'll go down there and we'll have a good go at it and maybe seize on that bit of tenseness of Tavistock because um, this is the time when the pressure starts getting to those sides. And as you've seen with Exmouth and Street on the weekend is... You've, you've got to be at your best and not take anyone for granted in this league. So um, we'll try and seize on that. Um, and we're, we're pretty fearless and we'll have a good go at them. As I said, it, it might have an impact on how it ends up, how the season ends up. And, and then it's the small matter after Buckland and after Tavistock of a game against your Somerset rival Shepton Mallet. And of course, the, the, you know, Shepton are on exactly the same points um, as you at the moment. That might not be the case when you play them. But, you know, you came into that game against Bitten at the weekend knowing that a win would take you above them in the table and you could easily find yourselves in exactly the same situation against Shepton Mallet. There's a, there's a cluster of teams, isn't there, um, in, in amongst the middle that is like a mini division in itself. And it, it probably goes all the way up to probably fifth. I'd say Soltash were probably just above that and out of reach a little bit. So anywhere sort of between fifth and maybe twelfth, there's a mini league in there where it's very, very tight and a lot of teams have got to play each other and we've got a, a few of those teams in amongst that sort of area of the table. And I, I guess the aim for all of those teams and ourselves included is to win that mini-league. So if we can finish fifth, then you know for us that's, that's an incredibly successful season and that's kind of become the aim now, if you like. Uh, in order to do that, you've got to beat the teams around you because the proverbial cliche of six pointers is, is, is literally what it's going to be between now and the end of the season for a lot of those teams in, in that cluster and 
you can one game you if you get a wrong side of the result you can drop to like I said twelve or if you win one or two in a row you can jump all the way up to fifth and it, it, it's unbelievable I've never known anything like it so there's plenty to play for and it's a, a really good incentive for those games going into the remainder of the season. I mean, it's fascinating to hear about your sort of targets for the remainder of the season, because um, I'm sure there are people listening to this who are supporters of Cleveland thinking, is Ian Knockholds actually going to make us go through every single one of the six <laughs> fixtures you've got left? But they're fascinating. I mean, and, and, and the way that they've panned out is fascinating, because, you know, we're talking about Buckland and Tavistock and Shepton, and then we're talking about Brislington Street and Bridport, who are, re- who are in a very different part of the league. And, of course, on paper, you know, you will be favourites for those matches. But Brislington and Street and even Bridport have, have you know, there's fighting the old dog yet. If you want to get a good finish and you know you can't afford to drop too many points, you can't take those mm. sides lying down because they'll, they'll, they'll be, you know, they, those games will be competitive. Mm. It is, for a, to be a Clevedon fan now, it's going to be a fascinating run into the end of the season. Of course it is, uh, and every game is going to be different, um, and that's that's an absolute given as the weather turns, and it depends what the other team's approaches are to the end of the season. I think you get any manager on this podcast, and they'll say they want to finish the season strong to set a precedent for next year. It's They don't want the season dying out as such, because it really does make an impact as to how you start the next year, and every game is a challenge. Every team presents a different um different challenge for you that they all have different strengths different weaknesses and it keeps you on your toes and different systems and there's it i've never known a tool station league like it before and it is it is one of those everyone just keeps saying it but anyone can be anyone on their day and street fighting for the lives down there and and, and bridport at the starting to turn um in terms of being a, a bit more competitive than they were at the start of the season despite being cut adrift and relegated already they're still having a go um and your you brislington's what you know one minute they go down to helston and then next um, and get beat heavy and next minute they're, they're playing bitten and, and beating them in the cup and it's like they're so inconsistent um throughout the whole league so you never know what you're going to be up against which makes it exciting um for everyone involved really and like I said, it's whoever's consistent at whatever stage of the seat, whatever stage of the table they're at, then they'll be successful for the remaining six to eight games. And my thanks to Alex for his time. Now we move on to Buckland. <clears throat> A lot been going on at Buckland this week. The visitors were Mauser, and I think that this was the uh, the apocryphal game of two halves, Tom. I think it was a little bit, wasn't it? Um, yeah, the game definitely didn't start well for the away side, Mauser. Uh, they went behind through uh, Ryan Bush scoring for the hosts after just six minutes. And that was how it stayed all the way up to halftime. So Buckland, um, yeah, 45 minutes away from a victory. But uh, they ended up on the end of a, a 5-1 defeat. Uh, Mark Goldsworthy equalising 10 minutes into the second half. And that, yeah, that pretty much proved to be the turning point, really. Uh, an own goal a couple of minutes later uh, put Mausel 2-1 up. Uh, and then, yeah, from there on, they didn't really look back. Talon Mitchell making it 3-1. And then a couple of goals late on, Hayden Turner with a penalty and Jared Sims as well. So, yeah, really dominant second-half performance. And, uh, yeah, all sparked by that goal to have equalised. I think they scored three goals in the space of sort of 10 minutes to, to really turn the game uh, in their favour. And, uh, yeah, might as well uh, get another victory. Well, in our next feature game, um, Exmouth Town, who, of course, had the opportunity to take the lead in the Toolstation Western Premier Division, took on Lowly Street. 310 saw mm-hmm. this game. I'm sure the vast majority of the home fans are expecting great things of their side. But Street, I think it would be fair to say, Tom, 
they really put the boot in. They did absolutely. Cobblers, yeah, living up to living up to their billing as a as a tough side to beat. And uh, yeah, it was it was a two all draw in the end. Uh, Exmouth did yeah do enough to uh, go provisionally top of the table. I think level with a couple of sides, but we'll touch on that. Uh, a little bit later, uh, but they did it the hard way on Saturday. Yeah, coming from behind on a couple of occasions uh, to to get a point at home to Street, uh, equalisers for them from uh, Levi Landrecum, and then pretty late on from Max Willard, uh, rescuing a two-all draw. But uh, yeah, Street definitely, um, yeah, worthy of a point themselves. A couple of goals for uh, young Finn Skiverton. Um, he's doing well recently. Uh, it's good to see. And uh, yeah, as a, as a, as you say, huge crowd and uh, yeah, well, plenty of plenty of goals. But it was a two-all draw. Uh, things were a little bit more straightforward at Helston Athletic, where the visitors uh, were Brislington and Helston really were in um, were some quite awesome form. Yeah, another another side to, to score five and all of those goals coming after the break as well. So it's a little bit similar to Maldor, really. And uh, yeah, it was a red card early in the second half um, to the uh, the Brislington keeper. And from there, yeah, they were yeah pretty much uh, put to the sword, unfortunately, for them. Uh, but five different goal scores for Helston. So a joyous afternoon for them. Craig Veal firing the Blues in front uh, just about on the hour mark. And, uh, yeah, four more goals, as I say, in the in the final half hour. Jordan Bentley, uh, Steve Colwell, Sam Buckley uh, all, all scoring. And I think the standout moment, uh, 16-year-old debutant Rocco Hill. Amazing name. Oh. I'm sure you'll love that one. Uh, scoring with his first touch for the club. So, uh, yeah, fantastic. Uh, 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 moment for him and uh, yeah great afternoon for all at Helston well of course that's name of the week and I, I'm pretty sure he, he appeared in the film Rocky 5 mm-hmm. anyway um, excellent stuff well done there to Helston and um, we'll finish our Premier Division roundup with um, Saltash United they were at home to Wellington another three figure gate here at Saltash and their um, their good form continues Tom yeah it did um, yeah doing Doing pretty well, aren't they? And it was another game actually, uh, where the red card um, seemed to, to um, yeah, provide the, the a big turning point really. Uh, Wellington going pretty well up to about the 34th minute, and uh, Jamie Nicholson uh, dismissed at that moment. And uh, yeah, Saltash uh, took advantage pretty soon after Sam Hughes scoring uh, the opener with the with his side's next attack. So uh, Saltash going one up on the 10 men, uh, but to their credit, Wellington did hit back uh, in. The first minute of first half stoppage time, uh, that was uh, Josh Baker heading home. Uh, but unfortunately for them, they weren't quite able to hold on to half time. A couple of extra minutes of stoppage time, I think, because of the, uh, the the card and whatnot. And uh, yeah, Seltash managed to, to actually go back in front. Uh, Sam Davey with the final kick of the first half. So that was 2-1 at the interval. Uh, and then 13 minutes from time, they finally wrapped things up. Uh, Reuben Wilson extending the host lead. Uh, and uh, yeah, a, a 3-1 win for them over Wellington. If you're thinking, Tool Station, I know they'll save me money, but do they have all the top brands? You know, DeWalt, Makita, Einhell, Stanley, Myra, Kudox, Nest and Santex. Yeah, they do. Over 15,000 trade quality products in the range from the leading brands with prices that are hard to beat. If you want a helping hand to save on your next job, try Tool Station. With over 300 branches, there's always a Tool Station near you. Now, moving on to the first division, the game that I was at was Bishop Sutton against um, Bristol Telephones. The reason I was there was to um, promote our partnership with Bath Mind. 
um, the Mental Health Partnership, we've produced posters, as we've talked about many times on the podcast, uh, that go into the changing rooms at our sides in Bath and North East Somerset and promoting support services, mental health support services um, that are specifically designed for, for young people. Uh, in our case, of course, we're very much focused on the players. And I would like to take this opportunity to thank Hannah Downs, the secretary at Bishop Sutton, and George Williams, the chairman, who gave me a um, uh, who really looked after me on um, on Saturday. It was a really successful bucket collection. I'm really pleased about that. There will be some promotion that we do in the local newspapers um, about that. So thank you very much to Bishop Sutton. It was a good day off the pitch, Tom, but it was also a good day for the home side on the pitch. Absolutely, yeah. A couple of, couple of goals in the second half. Uh, Keith Carney and, and Jacob Bird giving uh, Sutton a 2-0 two, two, two no win uh, over the telephones there at Lakeview. So moving on to our next game, and we've gone from the Bishops of Sutton to the Bishops of Lydiard. They were at home to High Flying Odd Down, and it was the visitors who took away the three points here, Tom. Yeah, really good stuff again from, from the Bath side, and it was Luke Bryan, uh, the league's leading goal scorer. He was on target again. Uh, putting them in front. Uh, I think that's his 31st goal of the campaign, so going great guns after about half an hour or so. Uh, Adam Willis then uh, responding from long range for the for the home side. Uh, but, uh, yeah, in stoppage time in the second half, uh, so game destined for a draw. Uh, but, yeah, one final attack from down and one final goal. Shaquille Perkins finding enough space to to force home a, a pretty much, well, dramatic winner. And, uh, yeah, fantastic result again for down away from home. Yeah, going very well in the league. Now, um, a side that had been going very well in the league, of course, one that we were talking about earlier in the season, had been Cheddar. They took on Oldland Abertonians, who'd also been, um, who'd started this season um, very positively. But um, it was a really good day at the office for Cheddar here, Tom. Oh, my gosh, yeah. They really did fire at the uh, fire at the blocks. They were, yeah, put this game to bed pretty early on, I would say. Um, yeah, a couple of, couple of minutes on the clock before Robbie Maggs put them one up. Uh, and then the same man hauled down in the box pretty soon after. Uh, and Rick Bennett firing home from the from the penalty spot to make it 2-0 and uh, yeah they didn't really stop there a couple of minutes uh, a couple more minutes on the clock before Ethan Reed made it made it 3-0 after just 20 minutes so uh, yeah pretty much out of sight by that point you'd say uh, Oldland had a had an opportunity to reduce the arrears but uh, Kieran Webster in the Cheddar goal making a making a penalty save uh, but uh, Andy Nash did finally score for the, for the hosts to to reduce the deficit a little bit uh, but it was the uh, yeah uh, Reed who added a second of uh, the game for himself, uh, who, who had the final word. So, uh, yeah, really good win away from home for Cheddar, 4-1 over Oldland. And given their recent run of form, um, I thought this was a really good opportunity to speak to Craig Morford. And I started off the uh, the interview by asking Craig whether he was pleased or relieved with the result. Uh, I would say it's a bit, a bit of a combination of both. More on the side of being pleased because our performances up to that point haven't warranted the results we've been getting. We've been a bit of our own sort of worst enemy in terms of creating chances and, and not taking them. We've had a bit of hard lines uh, at certain points with, unfortunately, some of the decisions that have gone against us, whether that's um, correct or incorrect, the ones that could have gone either way. We've perhaps been a little bit hard done by on those, but I think it's just a little bit of a lift for the, for the boys because... The performances have been good. We've played against some good sides and we've, had a, we've really struggled to string a run of games together, which does have an impact. I mean, that, that was the first game yesterday in about two and a half weeks. So that obviously affects the players. But I, I would say that we are pleased with it and we're looking forward to, to getting the run of games going now to sort of see us through the end of the season, hopefully with a, a positive set of results that will, that will sort of 
give us a, an outside chance now, if you like, about sort of targeting those playoffs. But it, well, it's still sort of mathematically possible. We'll still have a go and, and see where we end up. Well, um, the previous two matches you played, of course, were against Warminster and Wing Canton, and we are going to come. Uh, we are going to talk about those games. But one of the words that I didn't use in that introduction was perhaps surprised. Um, because you were 3-0 up at half-time, weren't you? You were cruising. So, I mean, I imagine that you haven't felt like that for quite a while going into a half-time team talk. Uh, no, I mean, if I'm honest with you, I was a little bit nervous going in 3-0 up because we hadn't <laughs> had it in such a long period of time. Um, what we tend, we, it's, The difference has been like we have been creating that volume of chances. So, in the first half, we created five very good chances and we and we scored three. The difference that we have been in is we've been creating those good chances and then not taking them. All probably bar uh, the sort of Warminster game, really, where we've maybe only created two or three chances through the whole game uh, and managed to take one. But in other games, we've been creating quite a quite a few good chances and then just sort of spurring them at the last minute. I mean, we've been staying in games a lot closer than we have been before. Defensively, we've been a lot better. And then it's come down to that those last moments and we've just not quite been able to, to take them. And, and that's where the lack of consistency is from. I mean, it, it wasn't a bit of a long time without a win, but also within there were a number of draws. They weren't all just sort of losses, if you like. And we haven't really ever been a team that drew games. We used to just win or lose them. So it sort of had its own positivity to it. But the, the idea would have been that when we had those chances to sort of take the points and, and nick a win, that we would have done that. But it wasn't the case to be. I was, I was surprised coming in at halftime, I will be honest. I was pleased, uh, but it was also warning against sort of consistency. In the second half, we came out and, and had another a sort of decent half of football. Perhaps sat back a little bit, missed a couple of good chances to sort of put it beyond doubt. Uh, then they scored one, and then we managed to to get one back at the end. So it was it was nice for everyone involved, and we had sort of a few people coming back in from injury, a few people on the bench who were sending from injury, and, and Kieran coming back in and goal. He's been very patient um, due to an injury to, to Dan Jackson, and, and he did really well as well. So, all in all, it was a nice Saturday, which we haven't had in a little while. <clears throat> we have to put this into perspective, don't we? Because, I mean, it's not been all doom and gloom. I mean, you're currently 10th in the table. I'm sure you'd like to be higher. But you have done some very good things this season. So, I, I guess from your perspective, it must be a case of what could have been. Yeah, I mean, I think if we look back to see where we were at the start of the year and the amount of change that this club's had in probably over two years I mean without sort of going back over our ground losing Sean when we did due to reasons that were totally understandable and seeing him go to Wales and, and doing well at Wales was, was pleasing for, for me personally perhaps it would have been nicer for the club if he had stumbled and fooled but I don't really think Cheddar have got that in them to honest you they always, always wanted the best for Sean no matter where he was going next we lost Danny due to uh, moving he was always a, a sort of stalwart of our side uh, he's now playing for a side down in Weymouth uh, and obviously Adam switching across to go across with Sean to, to Wales is another big change for the club but we brought in sort of five, six maybe even seven people over over the pre-season um, and we've lost a couple to higher leagues that we've managed to bring in so we've had quite a lot of, of change and as much as we started really well and we were really promising we had some big injuries some big losses we lost two people for, for the season in Georgian and Simon McElroy who, who came in and was doing a real sort of shining light for us so to be 10th at the moment, we've done well with the amount of changes that we have. I think next season, if we don't manage to sort of clamber up the table and, and maybe steal a playoff place, if we're if we're all still here next year and we'll, we'll have a bit of good luck and probably a bit better sort of commitment levels from from everyone involved, a bit of luck with injuries, and we could be a very competitive side to to really push that top half. But 
as far as the season goes, with Cheddar's not had the best of luck with illnesses and, and people close to the club uh, and ill health, and we could really do with sort of a year without that. Um, we wish everyone that's been involved with Cheddar and I know who they are. If they listen to this about the sort of ill health and how they're recovering, we've lost uh, Tanker assistant recently due to some sort of family circumstances, and, and that's totally understandable because family comes first. But Cheddar need a bit of luck. They need a bit of run. They need some people to come in to, to do the right things, and hopefully, if we can have a positive end to the season and, and start with the same set of players next year, whilst we'll adding one or two that tends to happen in pre season, we could be in a really good position. But we sneak the playoffs this year, we'd be very happy. I mean, a lot of the teams in the first division find themselves in a similar boat, don't they? You know, looking at a lot of either young players or perhaps players from the local area. You know, you are relying on availability, particularly in midweek games. And, um, I mean, just how important do you think luck is? Because we've got some sides at the top of the table who are doing very well and obviously will be looking to compete in the Premier Division. But, you know, to be a top-of-the-table side, certainly in the hunt for promotion, for a lot of sides in the First Division, luck plays a really vital role. Yeah, I mean, arguably we've got the most variable league out of all of them in terms of things like budget and and when you've got such a variable budget if you're sort of on those sides that's, that's got that fortune if you like that, that that well set up that they can put the hand in the pocket when they need to to try and attract key players in then luck isn't as much of a factor you need to obviously have the, the manpower and the recruitment power in your staffing to make sure you can get those people in which I think Welton have done really well Sherborne has done fantastically well this season but they've managed to be really consistent with their sides which is something that we we haven't been able to do, but teams like Cheddar, who, whose budget is so variable and and the sort of catchment area for Cheddar is, is quite hard to recruit players, it means that we have to rely on good nature of people, friendships, and people enjoying their football when they come there and play. Which, in all fairness, anyone that comes and signs for Cheddar very rarely leaves to go to another club in the same league. They normally go from for for a higher standard, which we would always be happy for people to do. But clubs like Cheddar staying clear clear of injury. Um, and having that commitment week in, week out, because we have got a, school, a small squad, is, is really important. And I think that if you probably were speaking to, to teams like Wales, possibly looking at Oldland as well, Oldland, sorry, uh, then they're probably in a quite a similar position to our to ourselves in terms of those squads. Maybe some of the Bristol base sides maybe just have a bigger pool to pick from, if you like, but they also have the, the greater levels of competition because the number yeah. of clubs that are there. I mean, you mentioned the playoffs earlier in this interview. Um, you've recently faced the likes of Warminster, Wincanton and Radstock. I mean, what do you make of the runners and riders? Who do you think stands the best chance of going up to the Premier Division? I think when we've, when we've played against them, and it's not being disrespectful, we haven't looked like we've been um, outclassed by them in any way, shape or form. I think every side that we've played against, on a different day, it could have been a different result. I feel like when we did play them, they earned their result and they were deserved winners, but we could have just changed one or two little bits and we would have put ourselves in a very different position. I think that there is going to be those sort of teams at the top. Only one going up means that the playoffs are going to be very competitive with that, with that coming into place and you've got teams that have picked up form at the right time. I think if you look at Wincanton at the start of the year to now, they're, mm. they've, they've been on an unbelievable set of results and and they've probably, the players that are probably key to them at the start have possibly moved on and they've managed to recruit really well and players have stepped up and, and filled their shoes and, and sort of done a better job, if you like, because of the run that they've been on. But we, we don't feel like there's anyone that we've played against yet that we're not capable of beating on our day. It's just a case of having our day at the right time and having mm. a consistent performance, which is what we've 
struggled so much this year, but a lot of that's down to the fact that, you know, we're the March and the April and we've not been able to name the same 11 months. That's, that's complicated for anyone. Um, and to get this late on the season and be tenth was, was that sort of remit of players, injuries, and availability, plus sort of a small budget to be tenth for another chance is, is a real achievement for the, for the club and for the players. And we just hope that we can have a, a good go and a good account of ourselves in these last nine games. I'm sure you do, but you'll also have a pretty large part to play in how the playoffs uh, work because you've got Radstock up on Saturday, you've got Warminster next month. I mean, you know, taking points off of both of those sides could really have an impact on how the top of the table looks, couldn't it? Yeah, I mean, we're not giving up our hope of trying to get into those positions either. So for us, it's vital that we do take those points because if we want to have a chance, even if it's an outside chance, we've got to look to be winning, you know, all of our games that are left. We can't, we can't sugarcoat it and the lads that are involved know that that's the situation that they're in. Um, I think we had a look and said that we're, in terms of playing teams around us, we've also got uh, Odd down again. We've got Wells, who are all going to be harbouring sort of similar ambitions to, to ourselves to try and get into those sort of positions. So we, we've got a hard run in with sort of some really good teams around us. The only fortunate thing for, I think, us, if you like, and for those other sides in their league is that our league this year has been really unpredictable. You look at the start of the year, you thought Welton were going to run away with it, and Sherbourne mm. and Warminster have put in a really sort of good set of results um, when Canton like you said have been picking up and doing really well so people are beating each other everyone sort of beats everyone on their day anyone can sort of take anyone on and if we put in a you know a, a very very good end to our season then you don't really know what can happen um, that's what we're sort of clinging on to at the moment and we'll, we'll take that into game by game uh, and then hope that we can go and, uh, and give ourselves a, a good chance we don't, there's not any ambitions from our sort of club, if you like, to go and make sure that we're knocking other people off their perch. That's, we're not got that about us. We're about trying to make sure that we're giving our best sort of chance of getting into those positions and doing the people at the club proud, really. The, the funny thing is, of course, we talk about the, the you know the Warminsters and the Radstocks, but actually it's the Almondsbury's um, that are the that perhaps are going to be the you know the the real test because you've got them away next uh, now. It's been that long since you you recorded a, a, a win in the league to to have beaten Oldland. If you can get back to back wins against Almondsbury, that's going to really give you a really big boost, isn't it? Yeah, I mean we we know that we put ourselves in that position with some of the decisions that we made on the pitch and some of the decisions that the management side have, have done. But if we we've got to focus one game by one game, I know it's a bit cliche, but if we want to do anything, it is a good case that we are going to have to put a string of results together. It's not even looking just at Almondsbury. We have to win at Almondsbury, then we have to win on Saturday. If, if that's the position that we are in. Um, if we don't do that, then we have to have other people do us favours. So we know we've got a hard run in, and it's not. Well, Almondsbury wouldn't be a bad side. We know they wouldn't be a bad side when they're playing them at their their own place and they have players back in. They want to prove a bit of a point after their last result, which is very uncharacteristic of them. That um, we'll be coming up against a difficult side. So. We've won one game in our last few. We need to turn those sort of one game into, into quite a substantial run. Craig, thank you ever so much um, for taking the time to speak to us on the podcast. Thank you also, you know, for your you know candor as always. It's really great to um, you know to catch up with you, and um, you know it's always a fascinating season at Cheddar, one way or the other. And uh, I really do hope that it pans out for you well this season. 
it'd be lovely to have a fascinating season where we won every game. That's what I'm looking forward to. But it seems quite unrealistic. <laughs> but there you go. We'll, we'll win it by Christmas next year. That'd be lovely. If you could sort that out for us, Ian, that'd be fantastic. Well, it'd be a blooming stewards' inquiry if I did. But anyway, never mind that. <laughs> Miracles can happen. There you go. <laughs> And my thanks to Craig for his time. Now, we're going to move on, Tom, to the game that everybody was talking about in the first division. It was the top of the table clash between Sherbourne Town mm. and Warminster Town. 253 saw this game. That just goes to show the amount of interest there is in Tool Station Western League football. Well, I, I don't think this game disappointed. Yeah, they're really starting to pile in down at Sherborne. Obviously, going great guns on the pitch, and uh, yeah, starting to do some good things off it as well. And uh, yeah, hopefully they'll have they'll have gone home happy. I think most of them will, and hopefully they'll be back for more. A couple of goals, uh, in a, it was a pretty tight affair to be fair. Uh, but then a couple of goals, as I say, at the minute of uh, at the beginning of the second half, a little five minute spell. Uh, Josh Williams scoring twice in quick succession. Uh, putting the putting the host tunnel up, and uh, yeah, that was how it stayed. They managed to to keep a clean sheet, keep Warminster at bay, and uh, yeah, add to their um, ever-growing tally of uh, fantastic results so far this year. So a two-nil win for Sherborne over Warminster in the top of the table clash. Yeah, their their momentum is becoming quite quite um, impressive. From the team at the top of the table um, to the team that, of course, I was interested in, Devizes Town. Uh, I wasn't able to get to that game, Tom, because obviously I was shaking my bucket at Bishop Sutton. But how did my boys get on? Shaking your bucket at Bishop Sutton, that sounds um, that sounds great. Uh, it was <laughs> Devizes nearly came away with a with a with a with a win. Uh, unfortunately, denied at the death. However, uh, bottom side, uh, Ethan w- uh, Witchell uh, had already he'd put you put Devizes in front. Uh, but uh, yeah, they were both cancelled out. Uh, Sam Hughes also scoring, sorry, 20 minutes from time. Uh, so twice going in front devices. Uh, but a couple of goals from Tiverington's Lawrence Lefebvre. Uh, we have had his name uh, pop up before. I think he's already won name of the week. We had someone earlier, didn't we? So um, he he won't be winning it this week. But yeah, he no. did score a couple of uh, couple of equalisers for Tiverington. Second of those coming uh, just three minutes from time uh, to grab a share of the points. So devices uh, going home with a two-all draw away at Tiverington. Thanks very much, Tom. We are going to look ahead to the fixtures coming up on the 26th of um, of March, which, of course, we should say is non-league day. Um, so for all of our clubs uh, that are, well, I suppose particularly at home, um, please do make the most of the publicity, what we hope will be the national publicity that comes with non-league day. This is the 11th season um, that we've had non-league day. It is a, a, a day in the non-league calendar that is chosen not to coincide of course with um, many um, of the top level matches at the Premier League or the Championship level there is an England game on England play Switzerland and that's one of the reasons why um, non-league day has been chosen for Saturday the 26th of March it's a great opportunity to showcase local non-league football and we hope that our teams certainly those that are at home obviously it will mean an awful lot more to them um, do engage with it because um, I think over the years that the non-league day team have been doing it they have seen a significant increase in home crowds so hopefully we will see some of our clubs um, benefiting from that um, that's enough from me Tom over to you which game has caught your eye in the hmm. Premier Division I think it was a little bit of a, an easy easy pick this week in the Prem we got Mals all playing Exmouth so uh, to Two of the top three, uh, meeting third versus first as we look at the table currently on on, on Monday. 
and uh, yeah, bit of a huge game uh, in Cornwall. Uh, seeing how yeah how how Miles all cope uh, taking on an Exmouth side um, and how how they cope as well, I suppose. Um, both going great guns, but uh, yeah, nothing nothing to split them at the moment. So it'll be uh, yeah fascinating uh, encounter on Saturday afternoon. I think, you know, at first viewing, Tom, you're absolutely spot on there, that being the standout game. But I tell you what, all the way through the calendar on um, Saturday the 26th in the Premier Division, I think we've got some absolutely fantastic ties. How will Tavistock get on against Brislington? You know, the form guide says that actually that's an away win. But, of course, Tavistock have already come across, uh, they've come unstuck at Ashton and Backwell. Clevedon Town against Buckland. We talked about that earlier in the podcast. You know, Ilfra Coombe against Bridgewater, which Bridgewater will turn up. Millbrook against Shepton Mallet, two very equally placed teams. Shepton, uh, Saltash United take on Ashton and Backwell. Can they bring their home form away? Street against Houston. Street, of course, got a fantastic point earlier. And we talked about that on the podcast and Wellington against Cadbury Heath. So some really good games all the way through the Premier Division. The one that I'm going to go for is Canesham Town against Bitten. Um, two injured animals. I'm expecting a reaction from one of these sides. Canesham have been off the boil recently. I think that um, there's a... You know, they'll they'll be looking to take something from that. And Bitten, you know, they don't lose too many games lightly. So I reckon that, that you know, two sides that are separated by a very small um, geographical distance, I think that will be a, a really intriguing game in the Premier Division. If we drop down to the First Division, Tom, which, um, which fixture has caught your eye there? I've gone for Wincanton uh, hosting Hengrove. Obviously, um, yeah, we know about Wincanton's unbelievable uh, unbeaten run. It did uh, in... Th- Technically, come to come to an end on the weekend. They lost three uh, 0 in the Levs Phillips to Premier League or Premier Division opposition uh, in Shepton. Uh, but yeah, their league run of um, unbeaten games um, is yeah extremely long, isn't it? We know that, and they're, they're mm. trying to catch the top three. Uh, but yeah, just to just to catch their eye, they are playing Hengrove, who they lost four one to in early August. So uh, yeah, a little bit of revenge potentially on on Saturday. One of the few sides that have had the better of Wincanton so far this year. So that should be a, a good game on Saturday. And I think Hengrove are in pretty decent form at the moment. Yes. Well, let's see which side of the uh, of the barrier, the green-eyed monster falls on there, because um, Hengrove have been going rather well, haven't they? So, um, I mean, Wincanton, well, they're going to need to be at the races to get anything out of that one. Da-da-da-da-da. <laughs> there we are. Right, the game I'm going to go for is Cheddar against Radstock Town. Um, again, these two sides um, are quite close geographically, so I'm sure there'll be a bit of a, a derby feel um, about this one. But Cheddar, of course, can they come off the back of that win at the weekend? Radstock still very much in the hunt for the playoff promotion places. They will need to be picking up all the points they possibly can. Cheddar want to get as good a finish as they possibly can to this season. So I think there's an awful lot going on on there. And um, that really gives us only one final task, Tom, before we sign off on the podcast. And that is to have a look at how the league tables are at this crucial um, time in late March, looking, you know, we're still with matters of promotion and relegation to decide. Can you take us through the runners and riders at the top of the Premier Division? Absolutely, yes. Yeah. So we have um, a ridiculously tight title race, don't we? We've got three teams now uh, joined on 60 points at the top of the table. Uh, Exmouth uh, currently reside in first due to their uh, superior goal difference of 46. They've played one more game uh, than t- both Tavistock and Mausel. So, as I say, Exmouth, uh, 46 goal difference, uh, 60 points, say, from 29 matches. 
Uh, Tavistock and Mausel both played 28 on 60 points. Uh, Tavistock's goal difference 43, Mausel's 42. It really could not be tighter. Mm. Can't pick it, can you? I don't think at this stage. No. Uh, we've got a couple of sides just a little bit uh, behind. Uh, Soltash in fourth. Uh, 29 games played, they're on 53. So obviously, I think if they were catching uh, or trying to chase down one side, they could probably do it with with the games in um, left in. But I think chasing down three with a seven point gap is probably just going to be uh, out, out of uh, out of reach. Uh, and Bridgewater, 31 games played, 53. So they played a couple more. But uh, that's for the top five in the Prem. And, well, we do have some bad news to bring you at the bottom of the Premier Division because Bridport are now mathematically relegated. They've scored, uh, they've got four points from their 31 games and they are 19th and that means that they are unable to catch Ashton and Backwell in 18th who have played 29 matches and have got 20 points. Three points above Ashton and Backwell are Street in 17th. They played 28 games and um, five points above them are Brislington, uh, who are in 16th and played 28 games. And um, uh, that's really sort of where the, the congestion, if you like, in the lower end of mid-table uh, uh, begins. So um, um, that's how the bottom of the of the Premier Division is looking. And in the First Division, Tom, what's going on at the top? Well, Sherbourne, obviously, uh, their huge win on the weekend to help them uh, extend their lead uh, over Warminster. Uh, so Sherbourne, currently top, 34 games played. They've won 25 of those. That is a brilliant record. They're on 81 points with a goal difference of 74. Uh, that is definitely uh, uh, going to give them a little extra boost yeah. over the sides that, that try and uh, try and haul them in. Uh, 74 goal difference, yeah, which is which is massive, really, isn't it? Uh, Welton, 31 games played, so three in hand on Sherbourne, to be fair. And they are 12 point, only 12 points back. 69 games, sorry, 69 points for, for Welton in second place. Uh, and then Warminster probably saw their title hopes probably ended on the weekend. Never a little bit early to say that probably, but um, potentially. But yeah, they're still uh, still in third, obviously. 32 games played, they're on 68 points, so that's 13 off off Sherborne. A couple of games in hand, uh, and then I think Wincanton are probably worthy of a shout out as well, aren't they? Uh, we've mentioned them uh, just mm. just just now on our on our games to games to watch. They've only played 30 matches, so they've got games in hand on everyone ahead. Uh, they are surging. They're definitely the second half um, uh, side to watch, uh, and they are on 62 points. So uh, definitely, uh, yeah, we'll be hoping to hunt down one or two of those sides above them. And I think what's going to become really crucial over the next few weeks that we're talking about the tables is how these sides, the potential for them, where they can finish in the top and what that might mean in terms of playoff positions and whether or not that gives them a home draw. I think that's probably going to be um, a really, a really important factor. And that's something that I will be clarifying with the league um, so that we can bring you the most up-to-date information on the Toolstation Western League podcast. Of course, I don't particularly enjoy talking about the bottom of the first division, but I will do it anyway. Devizes Town have played 33. They've got 13 points. Bishops Lydiard in 20th have played 32. They've got 21 points. And Bristol Telephones have played 34. They've got 25 points. And then there is a seven-point gap between Telephones and Almondsbury in 18th. Almondsbury have only played 30 games and they've got 32 points. Above them is Longwell Green Sports, who've played 17 and have got 39 points. So really, we, uh, we can see quite a clear pattern for the bottom three in the first division. Tom. Thank you very much, as always, for your time on the on the Western League podcast, and um, thank you also for your excellent work on the uh, on the bulletin. Uh, for those people who have never listened to this before, I can't believe that there's any of them out there. Mm-hmm. Where can they find your excellent bulletin? Mm-hmm. That is uh, on the Toolstation League uh, dot com website. 
that it's yeah if you scroll down to about halfway down the home page uh, it's available there to, to click on and download and that yeah that comes out every week looking back and looking forward on on games that have happened and this uh, will be in the future so yeah so it as i say out every week and um, yeah that's uh, available on the website brilliant well from tom and myself you've been listening to the tool station westernly podcast <laughs>